This is an audio presentation of God First Church, Cheltenham, England. A community of Jesus followers, worshipping God first, proclaiming God first, and together living God first lives. For more information, visit our website at godfirst.org.uk. ever a, a, a preacher you always say I'm waiting for that that day when everybody's going to be here to hear the kind of critical word Carl's dad's laughing he knows what I mean and you, know, you think well do I do it next week oh but away, people will be away next week so there's never a perfect time to do to do what we're going to do but what I've been um, thinking over over this kind of summer holidays particularly before I went on holiday was about or some of the big changes in my thinking that have shaped God First Church and so I'm going to talk a little bit about my story it's not because your stories aren't important or, or don't matter and that my story is more, more important than yours but I think sometimes it's just helpful to kind of understand where we're coming from and so I was thinking about this and I thought well you know when you start a church people come from all sorts of different settings and they've got as it were kind of things that they like and things they don't like it's almost as if they could plot, plot them on, on, on what their perfect church is because if you've been in church before you think oh I really love these things about my old church and you want to bring them with you and you think these things about my old church really used to frustrate me and you don't want to bring those with you and then what happens is you get a bunch like ours where it's 50 60 and we come together and everybody's got their kind of ideas about what the church is like. Now, if the church has been going for 25 years, everybody kind of says, well, we know what we're like. We know what we're about. This is what we're about. But when you're a new church, everybody comes with their kind of grids. So I thought about some of the grids maybe that people come with. So, so you can have the, you know, the big small grid. Some people uh, come on a Sunday morning uh, visiting to God first and they say, oh yeah yeah I really like your church but you can tell they think oh it's a little bit too intimate a little bit too small I'd like something a little bit bigger about 70 100 I can hide 150 you know or whatever and so some of you might have come from from bigger churches now I guess I grew up uh, and now me uh, we grew up in big churches uh, since I've started leading them I mean ch- smaller churches I don't know that, what that says but we'll try and throw that off because I don't want to express that but you might say well where would you plot along that you know, for me, it used to be, well, as bigger the better. But the more, as I've been in smaller churches and felt the benefit of community, it's probably like, well, it's probably more that way. But hopefully most of us think, well, I'd like it to be a bit bigger. Uh, or you might say, well, where are you on the traditional contemporary grid? Um, you know, so you could say, well, here at this end, there might be a, a Catholic mass. And at this end, you might be, I don't know, Hillsong Church, if you've ever heard of that. One which feels like a rock concert, another feels like a step back into the Middle Ages. Neither are wrong in that sense, but where do you plot? I guess most of us would say, well, we like it quite contemporary, don't we? But maybe you don't want it so contemporary that we kind of feel that we lose some of the kind of important cause of, of, of the gospel. Or maybe you like a structural church. Maybe you think, I'd love a church that was well-organized. 
where the leader actually knew what time things started and you know it was well organized we had a staff and you know we had a, a slick running office i used to be in a church like that you know it was an efficiently run machine if you if one of the if you ever did i was on the staff of this guy and if ever got anything out of place you know he was really really unhappy about it or you can say well i'd like a church it's really informal and we're just all community and there's no structure you might be on those here's a bigger one Here's a bigger one that we kind of get, and I'm not going to talk about this today. You might think, oh, I wish you would. Where are you? People draw this kind of line. Are you a, a Bible person or are you a Holy Spirit person? Are you an evangelical? I think that's the word that people use. Or are you a, a charismatic? That's the other kind of word. Well, where are you on this grid? So it's like, well, it, but I think it's a silly idea. The idea is, well, if you're over this end, then you mustn't, you don't really like the work of the Holy Spirit. That's all a bit scary. And if you're over this end, well, the Bible, that's just extra. You know, it's interesting. I have conversations with people who say, well, wouldn't it be great if the worship just went on and went on and the preacher never have to preach? You know, that would really be God moving. And then I'd, I took, you have other conversations with people who say, well, wouldn't it be great if people really, really got into their Bible and, and stuff like that? And, you, you know, so where do, where do you think we plot? You can talk to each other. We're kind of in the middle. I think it's a false line anyway. I think it's a false line. So, but, so I get people say, oh, I'd like more of this. I'd like more Holy Spirit or I'd like more Bible. What we're trying to do is be both. We want as much Holy Spirit as we can and as much commitment to scriptural gospel truth as possible. So that's that kind of line. But I don't want to talk about those kind of lines and you can, you can, you can do those. In fact, I don't even like the terms evangelical and charismatic anymore. Because they're loaded with stuff. I remember in Manchester, we had some really good friends who weren't Christians. And I said, he said, what kind of church are you? And I I said, well, you know, what kind of language would you like to use? So we believe the Bible. And he was okay with that. Uh, And he said, are you an evangelical? And I said, well, you could use that word. And that was it. It was like, oh, you're a wild nutcase fundamentalist kind of, you know, whatever. And, and the words have got really, really loaded. So I prefer, much prefer word and spirit or gospel-centered and spirit-led. They're all kind of charismatic. In America, it sounds like, you know, if you're charismatic, then you like big hair uh, and kind of like, I don't know. And, and it's, but actually, charismatic's not, nothing to do with that, is it? And this, we don't want to reduce the Holy Spirit just to spiritual gifts. He's much broader. So I much prefer word and spirit. Actually, one other. I, used, I found that when I became a Christian, the types of churches, you were either in the, what, was a, what you could call a pastoral maintenance church. Sorry, this is a bit of a seminar type feel this morning rather than Bible passage. Pastoral maintenance, that the, the whole purpose of the church was everybody it was in the, in the area, the parish or wherever, was, you assumed that they were Christian. And so you would do marriages and funerals and baptisms, and you would kind of just care for everybody. That was the job of the church. We just assumed everybody was a Christian. Uh, and um, so that, and that, yeah, that idea, you know, we've talked about this before, is kind of the idea of Christendom. Everyone's a Christian. And I guess if you talk 50 years ago and you said to people, are you a Christian? Everybody would say yes. That is, and that used to be contrasted with churches where you say, no, 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 we need to preach the gospel. We need to run big events, have big tents, big events, Billy Graham or Finney or these people, and they'd come and preach the gospel. And they'd say, well, where were you? Where were you? And I guess I found my, my kind of bias was, was kind of there. So that was interesting. So the first church I, I planted, that was the grid. Are we going to be one that just cares for people, or are we going to want what tries to see people saved? And so we kind of worked uh, along that grid. But actually, I feel now my thinking is best described by this little grid. 
or this axis in terms of attractional church or everyday church. And basically, my story is that, that the first the church that we planted, that Naomi and I planted in Manchester, was very much an attractional, and I'll talk about that, what that means. Whereas, really, God first, we want it to be an everyday church. So, that's really what I'm going to talk about uh, a little bit uh, this morning. Okay, so attractional churches are basically about like, come to us, come to our meetings, come and come to our building, come to our events. And, and, and they very much kind of focus, and you think, man, Howard, you're not free from this, uh, very much kind of focused on kind of numbers so you know i i remember i just met a, a person came popped in yesterday was it in our church in manchester and they said oh you know i used to have this graph of like how many people came on sunday morning and if the graph was going up i'd feel really good and if the graph was going down i'd feel really bad and i was kind of completely it wasn't i know it's was terrible and i'm not quite free from this am i but you know the sense of it was all about the sunday meeting and I know the church that I worked at uh, in London, a great church, really growing fast. But the whole focus of that was Sundays is what it's all about. It's all about Sundays. In fact, they used to talk about Sundays is match day. And they were really focused on doing a great Sunday meeting. And I'm not against that. Please don't mishear me. I'm not against either of these. And the whole point, the, the thing was, let's, let's do attractive events. Let's get people along to events that are attractive that and then we can tell them about Jesus get them on alpha courses and that kind of stuff and I guess if you looked at our notices this morning it was kind of a bit like that wasn't it you know here's come to this event sign up for that sign up for strata come to the quiz night those kind of things and so the whole point was get people along to to attractive events and and that would do it and and the whole life if you've been in one of these churches there'd be something every night in fact, I met this guy who joined us when we were in church in Manchester, and he went to a church where basically there was something every night. So Sunday night there'd be a prayer meeting, Monday night men's group, Wednesday, uh, Tuesday night prayer meeting, Thursday night um, Bible study, fr- Friday night street outreach or youth, Saturday, and it was like the whole thing was programmed, and, and, and it was like you were, you'd, you'd sign up and they'd expect you to come to everything. If you didn't turn up, you, you, know, you were seen as like the bad person who never quite got it. And, and actually, there's, there's some merit in that, because I know that, that sometimes if there's something that's put, put on for us or something that's planned that actually does make you turn up, and you think, yeah, yeah, it's planned. And so, you know, people come to me and say, oh, I'd like to do a men's breakfast, or I'd like to do this and that. And they kind of, I say, well, yeah, we'll do that. But, and when somebody plans something, it's easier, isn't it? Because it's really hard to kind of sometimes live the Christian life where nothing is planned for you, where you just feel... Uh, I just want to do it every day. And, and the other side, I guess, uh, of the grid, everyday Christianity is much more saying, well, it's not really focused on the Sunday. It's not that the Sunday doesn't matter, but it's not really focused on the Sunday, but it's about what you do through the week. And I guess when I started in Manchester, we'll talk about it in a minute, but when I started in Manchester, it was very much getting attractional. And at God First, we want to be really focused on what do we do through the week. And so, so it's focused on everyday life. It's focused on living the Christian life every day. It's focused on, uh, instead of saying attractive events, come to this really great event with Nicky Hopkins or whatever, it's about saying let's live attractive lives. Let's live in community, attractive lives, where people say, oh, what is it about you? And it's really, really good. We went to, um, popped into a church in France, didn't we, Nays? Uh, really small church in, a rural, in rural France. It met in a barn. Uh, with like still mud on the floor you know the animals had obviously just recently gone it felt quite sort of Bethlehem-y kind of scripture thing 
you know, uh, we just expected angels and, and straw. Well, it had the straw. Uh, but what's interesting that, that it was some English expats, uh, a, a German uh, guy who led it, uh, who spoke French, and, and some French people. And it was really interesting. There was probably, what, 12 people there, 15 people there. They had a Sunday morning. It would not be described in any way, shape, or form as attractional. You couldn't find the place. It was like up this kind of little alley. But once you got in there, obviously, what they did, because they're French, after the meeting, they all sat out in this big, long, hot garden with big, like, trestle tables just loaded with kind of French food. It, It felt very Christian. There's lots of quiche. Um, but obviously the French do quiche much better than we do. And, and so it was really strange. And, and I don't speak French, but I started to, to talk to, ask one of the ladies, well, you know, why, who's French, why, why are you in the church? And she said, well, I used to go to a Catholic church. I would go every week, and there was about 400 there. And she said, I used to just feel that I, I turned up and I did, did my stuff. But she said, I never really knew God. Please don't mishear me. It's not every Catholic who goes to every church who doesn't know God. But that's what she said. And then she said, but then I met my, I met these, I met my neighbor, uh, Mark, who leads the church, and I met a few of these other people who are Christians, and suddenly I realized that actually Christianity can affect all of your life. And I thought, oh, this is great. She's kind of like, here she is in rural France. She's realizing that Christianity is to affect all her life. She said, it used to feel that God was right up there, and now I feel him here. And she said, I wish God had shown me this 70 years ago. I think she must have been 80 or whatever. You know, I wish God had shown me this 70 years. And I said to her, you know, through the translator, it's not too late. And, and, it, and it was really interesting that, what, that church, traditional church and church that's just all about Sunday had kind of tended to forget about how you live your life through the week and to tended to forget about how it affects how you behave. So I knew that when I was a kid in a Methodist church, if I just turned up and sang the right songs and smiled nicely, no one was going to ask me how you're living. Nobody's going to ask how you're doing. You just smile and go home. In fact, it was really sad that we met in this 1,500-seater auditorium, and the church was probably about 150. And you may have heard me say this before, but rather than all sit together, we scattered ourselves almost as if kind of like drew a line so we're all at equal distance, separated around in this 1,500-seater auditorium. And, and I, as a kid, I never really asked the question. I just thought that's what we did. But there was no sense of community, no sense of connecting, no sense of how does this affect your everyday life. As long as you just turned up, coughed up, sang up, you'd be fine. And so, so, you know, this sense of attractive communities, how you live your lives, and also about discipleship. I would say uh, one of the big missing things in um, Christianity is go and make disciples. We, we're, often set, we're often told uh, how many people became Christians, and that's great. We, that really care, you know, we really care about that, and it's great that Haley responded, and we want to see people become Christians. But Jesus actually didn't say go and make Christians, did he? He said, go and make disciples and teach them to obey and all that I've commanded you. And so we want to be disciples. It's not that we don't want to see people saved, but actually discipleship starts as a journey. It starts as a journey before you become a Christian, where you start to find out about Jesus. Then you become a Christian. But that's not when it stops. In the church I went to, it was like, once you were saved, that was it. There was no expectation that anything else would happen. But actually, no, that we want to be those that are discipled by Jesus. But... And so in Manchester, the whole thing that I tried to do was we, I tried to build this really attractional church. Um, it wasn't quite Hillsong, if you know what Hillsong was, but it was pretty funky. You know, we used to, uh, I, I know they had a DJ at West Point when people came in. 
Uh, and I thought, eh, it's cool. We used to have a DJ. We had quite a lot of urban youth in our church, and we had a DJ. And then when the offering went round, we'd say, well, what kind of music do you like? So we'd, um, one week we'd have a rapper, then we'd have an MC, and then we'd have a DJ, and then we'd have a bit of opera, and then we'd have uh, jazz. Or, you know, one week, we, the worst one I really couldn't cope with, there's a really heavy rock guys, they all suddenly turned up black. I think, well, what's going on? And they're all in black. They didn't quite have skulls on their, on their t-shirts, but, you know, we'd rock that out. And, and I just got all sorts of pressure from people. But I was trying to make the church accessible. But we really, really worked hard just to gather a crowd. We thought, we'd just gather a crowd. So we'd do all the things that we do here, but that was kind of all we did in Manchester. We'd say, let's do baptisms, let's do dedications, Mother's Days, carol services, anything to draw a crowd in through the door. Now, the interesting thing is, uh, and we'll come to this in a minute, the interesting thing is, that only works for some people. Some people are never going to come. However good you do your church on a Sunday morning, some people are never going to come. In fact... Um, I, I, we had a youth project that worked on a tough estate and they were, people kept saying to me why don't you just put the church right on the estate and I said well the thing was if we put the church in some people's front room they'd go upstairs you know it's not about sometimes how close it is or whatever but some people just don't want to come and other people will find church because they're, look, they're looking for God and they find church. But the, the whole thing in Manchester was, let's just gather people on Sunday morning. So, so what you see is, you see, you see more rapid growth. Church grows quick. You often see more people become Christians to start with. Because a crowd gathers a crowd. One of the things that I observe here is that if we were all here on a Sunday morning, when a visitor comes, they'd feel like, oh, this is much more of a going concern. Rather than kind of assess you know, what's preached and the worship and kind of are people friendly, they look around and immediately they say, oh, there's a lot of people here, this must be good. Because that's what we're like. So sometimes you go to churches that are really big and you can think, actually, it's really terrible. I'm not talking about any church in Cheltenham or anything, I'm just on generally. You can go to a big church and actually feel, what is there here? But because it's big and buzzing and exciting, everything's, oh, I'll go there. But, so one of the things that we found is that the more crowd we gathered in Manchester, the more people came. When we were small, that people didn't want to come. And then it's easier. You get events going on. You've got some more money. You can buy a big building. You can pay some staff. And you can do all that. And because people are attracted to success. And it really works. So the church that Naomi and I were in, in, in Catford, when I joined the staff, I think there were 180 people in that church. So that was, what, 12 years ago, was it? Maybe 13, 14 years ago? 16. Okay, so 16 years ago... So, so 60, 15 years later, they're 1,600. And God has done really remarkable things in loads and loads and loads and loads of people's lives. So I'm not knocking this. And actually, it can sound like, well, I'm only, I don't really like that because I haven't got a crowd. So the reason we don't really necessarily want to do that is because we haven't got a crowd. But, but fundamentally for me, it's like, I thought, no, there's actual problems with this. There's, a, there's some problems with, with a, just being a church that says it's all about Sundays. Because one of the things is, you know, how do you become attractional? If you're a church planter or you want to start a church, how do small churches become large enough to be buzzing? You have to kind of almost have 150 people to start with. And I, and I know in our network there's a church that was planted in the middle of London. And the guy's a really gifted leader, but he had 150 people to start with. That doesn't feel like a church plant. That just feels like an instant, I don't know, instant pudding. It was like they're there. You know, and, and because you get that momentum... 
A crowd gathers a crowd, and they're now doing great. They're six, seven hundred meeting a theatre in the West End, and it's really, really buzzing. But what if you're in a place uh, where you can't gather a crowd? So I remember uh, coaching this guy who was in Preston, which is kind of north of Manchester. So Manchester's tough, but if the further north from Manchester you go into the kind of Lancashire towns, it is hard. So my brother-in-law, he works in, uh, in, in, near Burnley, and it's just a really hard place. Really hard place. People are very poor, racially very mixed. People are not looking to go to church. And so if you want to plant in those kind of places, you can't do it with a big kind of uh, truckload of musicians and a £100,000 budget. It's a bit like this church in France. You know, he's just moved in, this guy, him and his wife, and they're just slowly gathering people. And so the, one, the thing about attractional church is it's great if you've got a crowd, but actually it's not very great if you want to pioneer. And we found here, being in the west of Cheltenham, you know, right now, that, that, that it feels much more pioneering. Even though Cheltenham's quite churched, it feels much more pioneering than if we'd come to the middle of town. If we, let's say we'd have 100 people straight away and we'd rented the race course. I'm sure we'd have gathered a crowd quicker. Uh, and also, the focus on Sundays and programs, going to a Bible study, going to a prayer meeting, going to classes, it, it takes Christians out of everyday living and puts us in the Bible, doesn't it? So you can, I know that, that, that actually one of the challenges that I find as, as kind of being full-time in church is I don't know many unbelievers. I don't know many people that don't know Jesus. And what happens is if you create a church where it's all just come to my meetings, come to this, 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 you spend all your time at the meetings with other Christians getting built up and actually you never meet anybody who, who's not a Christian. So you can't really live an attractive life. And, and so Christianity becomes like, go to this, go to this, go to this, go to this. And, and that isn't really what Jesus did. We don't see that model, do we? We don't see Monday night, it was the you know, Bible study. Jesus called them together, worked through for an hour. Tuesday, they gathered, prayer meeting. You don't see that, do you? you don't, and it's not that they didn't do those things, but if you look at Jesus, he did them in their kind of everyday rhythms of life. Uh, I know that one um, quote that I, I read was, programs can... Uh, are there to replace what Christians should do in everyday life. In other words, if we don't do, if we, you know, you do, let's do mission. You kind of create a program where everybody goes out and does outreach, and that's, that's good. But really, it's, that's replacing what we should be thinking as missionaries all the time. So it devalues everyday Christian. Attendance replaces discipleship, and discipleship becomes like a course. So I know that, that in churches I've been, where the, the leader would say, let's do a discipleship course. Has anyone been in a church like that? Let's do a discipleship course. As if discipleship, as if living a godly life can, is a course. You know, you do maths in that classroom, and this classroom you do Christian living. And actually, Christian living can't be taught in a classroom. There is some teaching that goes on, but it's not a course that you can go on. You don't go, go on a discipleship course. You can't go on a, a leadership course just to become a leader. It's something that happens in everyday life. And, and so the challenge is that, that you just put on courses. So we spend, a, we, you know, Christian, Christianity is worse. Is we're all doing courses. I remember this. I went to a, a conference in Chicago and this guy is brilliant, a uh, 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 black preacher from Detroit. And he said, you guys, you've got binders on spiritual gifts. You've got binders on Bibles, you know, files. You've got kind of binders on, 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 on working with the poor. You've got binders on kind of small groups. And he says, you, he says, you completely are binded out. He says, you're just binders. You've got all these binders. He said, you know, he says, it's, we're like an American football team that comes on. They, come, they run on the pitch. They've got all the gear on. You know, they've got the numbers on. They run on the pitch. A crowd cheer. And then they huddle. 
Uh, yes, and, and they all kind of huddle, and there's a sense of, right, okay, something's about to happen. But imagine you went to the game, and they just huddled. You know, watch United against Liverpool this afternoon, they just huddle in the middle, huddle, huddle, huddle. And then the ref blows his whistle, and they go home. And you think, well, you know, and he's, this guy said, we just need to get out on the pitch and play the game. And it's not that, that, that we don't want to actually train people, but, but most of us aren't living with what God has already said. I know I'm not. If I lived everything that I'd heard, everything even that I'd preached, you know, that, then I'd be a radically different person. And it's not that I'm a hypocrite. I just know that actually it's just easier to know and harder to do. It's easier to think that's a nice idea and harder to do. And as a church, we're there. We can think, you know, let's, let's do these missional communities, but actually we just can study about, you know, as, as G1C leaders, here's a bit more training, here's a bit more training. We, you know, we need to live it out there, and Jesus did it out there, so we don't want to attend, we want discipleship. The mission of the church becomes about inviting people, and there's not wrong with inviting people to church. In fact, Naomi's dad uh, in Bracknell, he's the kind of the father of inviting you know, he was like really he was the first one who said look let's use Mother's Day to invite mothers and tell them the gospel and let's use Father's Day let's use Christmas carol services and let's invite people and, I, and it's really powerful and loads of people become Christians so I'm not against inviting but actually if all we do it missionally is invite people then, then it's not enough if we don't do anything inviting's good you know so if you think I'm never going to do anything then you think inviting someone to Alpha you know, that would be a big step, wouldn't it? That would be great. But actually, you know, the, the, the Christian mission, reaching out to people and sharing the love of God is, is not about gifts giving them an invite, is it? It's, it's, it's much more than that. And I feel challenged about that. And so that's the, the thing about attractional church, it just says, come and invite. And the gospel then becomes a Sunday sermon that's just preached to unbelievers. I remember, again, put your hands up. If you went to a church where they had a meeting in the morning for Christians, and then in the evening they had a, a gospel service. Did anyone go to a church like that? It's just me. I used to go, oh, thank you guys, I knew you'd be there. I used to go to North Place, which is now Chapel Spa. Do you know Chapel Spa? Whatever, you probably haven't been, but it's just... Um, across the road from the car park in Trinity. It's now a spa, it's a health spa. And they had a, a, a good, good attendance on Sunday morning and then slightly slower attendance on Sunday evenings. And they would preach the gospel. Uh, and actually what you knew week after week after week, there were no, Christ, no non-Christians there. But that was it. The gospel was something that you just preached so people got saved. Was actually, we've learned in this church that the gospel is something for all of our lives. That the gospel truth is, is, helps us to become more like Jesus, even though I've been a Christian 25 years. And so we just, the thing about having uh, the gospel services is that they think, well, that's it. So it, the gospel is something that evangelists preach rather than the truth about God that we all live. Here's an interesting one. Relating to culture becomes focused on the style of Sunday meetings. Let me explain what I mean by relating to culture. Uh, if you, again, I don't want to be rude, but if you dress up in, in kind of a, a traditional robes uh, for a traditional kind of service, there are certain people who are just going to be completely turned off by that. Some people love it, if that's their background, but some people are going to be really turned off by that because nobody wears kind of a white kind of cassock with stuff and a nice hat and a funny kind of tie. Nobody wears that around the street. So you're already putting a blockage in the way of people hearing the gospel. So relating to culture means let's do things that our culture understands. Let's do things that our culture understands. But also, 
it, it doesn't mean let's just do everything that the culture wants. Let's do everything that, that society wants. So there's an expectation. I don't know if you hear this. Sometimes on the radio, there's an expectation that, that Christians will follow society, but just about 20 years later. Yeah? So, you know, so what happens with, with um, atti- different attitudes? Well, society's ahead of us, and our job is to, to catch up and be contemporary and be relevant. Yeah? And, and sometimes we have to say no to culture. We don't agree with that. The Bible doesn't say that. But, but sometimes we, we fight for stuff that actually, it's just tradition. It's just empty. Jesus says you nullify the gospel by your traditions. And so one of the things that we want to try and do is, is relate to people in everyday life. Uh, but, but, if, but what happens in, in churches where it's attractional, they just become focused on the style of Sunday meeting. It's all about, well, have we got a good band? You know, you think, well, I'll do it here. We're, we've got some lights and it, try and make it a bit funky. And um, it comes a bit, it's just uh, connecting to society becomes all about the Sunday meeting. But what's the problem with that? Sorry, go on, Justina. Yeah, there's things missing. And some people never come. So you might be the funkiest kind of rock church in the world, but actually, some people are never going to come. So actually, relating to culture is much more about understanding how people live, understanding the rhythm of people's lives, understanding their challenges and stuff. And you do that by getting close to people. So I found that when I was working in school as a teacher, I was kind of in, in everybody. People would share about their lives. And you would talk about your life and you'd understand what people are living. And that's what we want to do. We want to get close to people. So attractional doesn't do that. It says, oh, we'll just have a rocky. And then lastly, everything that you're believing for is about bigger, bigger, bigger. Let's have more of this, more of that, more of that, more of that. And so it becomes um, not really what you're looking for. So what, what we're trying to do, or when I moved to Cheltenham, I was kind of burned out with this kind of let's, let's just get more on the Sunday, let's get more on the Sunday. Because I felt it just because kind of hollowed out. I wasn't living a, an everyday Christian life. So, one of, so I sat down and thought, well, what are the key things that we want in this church? The diagram in the middle, I stole the t- triangles my own. But basically, I wrote down community, discipleship, and mission. And I guess that's no big deal about that. You think, well, most churches would write that down. You, you want to be friends together. But actually, I went to, 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 I've been at churches where actually people aren't friends. You just go along. In fact, I met some people at, at Stan's house warming. And, um, and they said, well, yeah, I went to this particular church for like a year and a half before, before I knew anyone at all. Now it's quite big. But actually, that's quite sad, isn't it? Uh, in one sense, I, 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 it's my own call, actually. It's not really church if we're not really friends. If there's not really community... Then, then is it really church? Because church is about, not about the tenderness or the crowd on Sunday. It's about community. So you write down community. And then mission. Obviously, what we want to understand is as society changes and rejects Jesus, we want to bring the love of Jesus. And the last thing I thought is we want to be, be changed to be more like him. We want to be followers of him. Um, another group called Soma, they, they put it this way. You want to be family which relates to God as, you know, God's Father, so we need to be family. Uh, oh, there we are. God's Father, we need to relate to him, uh, so that makes us a family. Jesus is the Son, he's a servant, and the Spirit is missionary. I, I don't necessarily like those bits at the end, but those things about family or servant or missionary, they're both kind of what we're trying to do. And none of those things, that, that, that they're all kind of things that Jesus was trying to build, but actually 
uh, were not necessarily about going to church on Sunday. So I, for me, I began to see the gospel community as imaging God who's Trinity. That actually, I was grew up in a, a, a churches where actually it was all the way very corporate. It was all about kind of business structures, executive pastors, plans, strategies, all those kind of stuff. And actually, uh, I realized that church should be family. You know, we should connect with each other. Church, it's, it should be much more organic. It should be much more fit with the everyday rhythms of our life. I'm going um, to stop this halfway through and pick the other bit in a minute. But let's just, just finish this little section. And, and I found this really interesting and in that if you're trying to do uh, these three things of, of build community, be real friends, real connection, reach out to people with the love of Jesus and become more like Jesus, that actually it's interesting, what, what do you start with? Uh, and a guy from the States called Mike Breen says this, he said, if you make disciples, you will always get the church. But you try and really grow the church, you really get disciples. And I thought it was really interesting that if you... If we say, right, what we'll do is we'll grow the church bigger and then hopefully we'll try and get people to become disciples. Actually, some people can just keep coming on Sunday and never become followers of Jesus, really. Never become life change. They just attend and they feel that's enough. And he says, no, no, but if you try, if you try to build a community of people that radically love Jesus, then you will grow the church. So, you know, let's understand, guys, we want to grow this church. But, but, you know, and we'll do what we can, but the best way to grow this church is for all of us to be absolutely radically committed to love Jesus. And last one, I'll just do a couple more slides and we'll finish. And, and, and the other thing that's interesting is if you aim for community, you never get mission. And I think one of our challenges is that we've been so good at being community, so good at being friends, and so good at being eaten together, we've never really stepped out and done, done, re, done mission. And actually you think, well, what we need to do is add some mission. We add to reaching out to other people with the love of Jesus onto our community. But, but Mike Breen says this, if you disciple people well, you always get mission. And actually if you share lives together and commit ourselves to love Jesus and, and love the gospel, we'll, um, <clears throat> you'll always get people on mission. I found this, this quote really, really interesting. It says... Uh, there's a survey done by Tear Fund. Tim Chester, the guy at the bottom there, he used to work for Tear Fund. And they did this survey where they asked people, you know, about would they ever go to church? What's their view and expectation of church? And this is what he said. This is what the survey said. 70% of the UK population have no intention of ever attending a church service. That means that new styles of worship won't reach them. Fresh expressions of church will not reach them. In fact, we met in a bar, didn't we? So those who were the beginning. We met in the early, early days, we met in a bar. And, and it was so radical that we got in the newspaper, we got on the radio, and the TV came and filmed us. And then they guess they realized we were just doing, we weren't tattooed enough, or we weren't kind of, you know, drinking enough ale. And we never made it to the news. But it's like, ah, oh, church in a bar. And people have said, if you meet in a bar... That's it. That's the answer. But actually, if you meet in a bar upstairs, people will think, well, I'm not coming upstairs. And if you actually go in the middle of a bar and start doing church, people will just think, you're mad. Because some people won't come, even if it's in a bar. Fresh expressions of church won't reach them. Alpha won't reach them. We love Alpha. We're committed to seeing people saved, share the gospel. We love Alpha. But actually, 
if people aren't interested, they're not interested. Guest services won't reach them. Church meeting pubs won't reach them. The vast majority of unchurched and de-churched people, unchurched people who never went to church, de-churched people who used to go to church, would not turn to the church even if faced with pers- difficult personal circumstances or national tragedy. We're just not on anybody's radar. Church meetings are not on people's radar. 70% of the population, they're just never going to come. However great we make this, if we move to a bigger venue at the university, if we buy our own venue, if we do the best rocking light show with a really compelling preacher, we obviously have to employ him, uh, and, you know, and all of that, if we did all those things, they're still never going to come. Tim Chester says, it's not a question then of improving the product of church meetings and evangelistic events. It means reaching people apart from meetings and events. So one of the things, and I'll talk about how we do that next week more practically, but one of the things that we've got to understand, guys, is that, that, I mean, if you draw the axis, Zach, flick to the last one. Flick to the last slide, and I'll sum up, and then we'll come back to it. We want to, 30% of the people will come to church. That's probably how you guys join this church. So although we can talk a good game, the reality is most of you came, came, found this church on a Sunday, didn't you? Yes? Mo- very few of you were, co- were connected well, or met somebody from God first in your workplace, in your life, and then joined. Yeah? So let's face it, well, you know, let's not kid ourselves. We're an attractional church. We're probably just not that good at it. You know, we, we, that's the way we've grown. And, 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 but I thought, well, if 30% of the people will come to church then we should spend about 30% of our time and energy on doing this really well. You know, so being here, serving, all the things that we do, should be about 30% of kind of maybe our time, or maybe my time and energy, if not yours. Obviously, you've got jobs to do and lives to live, but in that sense. But also, but 70% of our energy, 70% of our focus as a church should be on those people who are never, ever, ever going to come to a meeting. They might, ne- they might never even come to Strada. Strada. Strada might be a bit of a halfway house, or Quiz Night might be a halfway house, because we don't advertise it as church quiz, whatever. They, they might come to that, but the truth is that if they're not interested in Christianity, they're never going to go. I mean, Adam's got some great friends who come to the quiz, and he's probably sharing the gospel with them, but if they're not interested, they're not interested, are they? And it's not because you're not a very good evangelist. Actually, I'm sure, I'm sure you're excellent. God can break in. God can break in, but most of the time is they're not going to come. So we have to do what? We've got to go. We've got to live it out there. So we want to be an everyday family of servant missionaries. That's what we want to do. So I'm, I'm sorry if you feel, why hasn't he preached from the Bible? But I just think we've just had a lot of people around God first, uh, and they've said, well, well what, what's, what's different about it? And it's not we're trying to be different for different sake. But what we're trying to do is, I'm trying to say, let's, let's do both. Let's be a, let's, let this Sunday be attractive and grow and see people saved. But that's not it. And we don't just flick the switch and say, game over. Let's just go back and look, live everyday life, ordinary lives without Jesus. We want to live everyday gospel lives. Yes? So next week, I'm going to talk about, practically, about how we do that in this church through gospel communities and threes and stuff like that. And I know that you might think, some of you might think, I've heard this. But I know that, that, that some people think, I've never heard this. 
I've never really quite understand what we're doing. So it's not that the other grids that we that the, it's not that the other grids don't matter. It's not that we're you know we're not bothered about big, small, traditional, contemporary, all of those things. But actually, we what we're saying is that that this is really important that we get this. And I believe that the sad thing is that thirty percent is getting less, isn't it? That's true. The thirty percent of people who go to church is getting less and less. And the, the number of people never, ever comes getting more and more. If we want to build a church that's going to respond to a, a world, that, a secular world in Britain that doesn't want Jesus, we have to live as radical disciples through the week. Yeah? And it's easy to say, hard to do. But So the, the whole point of what we do, and I'll talk about next week, and then when we talk about discipleship, is, is that we, not that we just get our, ourselves fixed, but we're committed that as we get ourselves fixed... We're going to be attractive to the world. We're going to be bold and different. I know, not to embarrass Naomi, those of you who were at West Point, Michael Ramsden um, was a brilliant apologist. He encourages you to believe the gospel. Told some amazing stories about how the gospel penetrated into Arab countries and great stuff, say, business communities, stuff in London. And you just start to believe, actually, the gospel, the truth of Jesus does change lives. And one of the things that I can easily get into is, oh, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You know, because we're relatively small and, you know, we see one or two people respond to it. We can start to think it doesn't work. And one of the things that I really felt challenged is to say, no, I do believe it works. I do believe that if we live radical lives for Jesus, it will, it will make a difference. Now, it may not make a difference quickly, but it will make a difference. So let's, let, let's stand. I'm just going to pray for us. Uh, and then uh, the band could come back together and then we're just going to just wait on God for a moment or two. Just, if you feel comfortable, just put out your hands. If that's not your style, don't worry. Lord, we just want to, together... On behalf of those that are not here and also for ourselves, we want to say, Lord, we want to, we want to be those that understand this, the times, the changing times. And we want to be those that understand how the gospel still can make a difference, the church can still make a difference, that living our lives can still make a, a radical difference in a culture that doesn't want you. And Lord, we're not scared. We're not fearful. We're not worried. Lord, we look at the early church that lived on the margins, lived beyond culture, persecuted, rejected, called idiots, seen as foolish. The gospel mocked as foolish. And Lord, how even in that Roman culture, far from you, your, your church transformed and broke through. And Lord, we say we're looking for that again in the West. As the gospel runs in, in South America and, and Africa and Asia, Lord, where, where the West is turning its back, where Europe's turning its back on you, where the States and is turning its back on you, we say, Lord, we want to build a church that can do the, what that early church did. Lord, that can radically invade the culture with Jesus, that we can radically bring uh, uh, our lives so that people say, there's just something about you. Lord, as it says in, in Peter, that they would see our good deeds and praise our Father in heaven. And Lord, so I pray, help us to be empowered as a church to, to not go out from here and say, well, that's me done. But to go out from here each Sunday by Sunday saying, no, I want to live as a missionary servant 
as, with a family together. Lord Jesus, pour your spirit on us. I pray, empower us, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, help us not to put our heads in the sand and think, well, it's just not what I've signed up for. Lord, I do believe you've called us to, to be at the forefront of this. I do believe you spoke it into us. So, Lord, help us to live everyday Christian lives. Lord, I pray as we read our essential 100s, essential Jesus, we'd see the truth of your gospel, but we'd also see how you, how you lived amongst people and brought your spirit and your life and your truth in the gospel. And, Lord, we want to do the same as little Jesuses, Christians, yeah. bearing your name. So fill us with your spirit, we say. Lord, it's, uh, we say we offer ourselves willingly to you. Even in this day where people think the church is irrelevant, we say, no, we believe that you are the church builder. You're the one who can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, that your power that's at work in us can change and transform lives. So we pray, empower our little church with your spirit, just like you empowered those small churches in the, in the, in the first century. And let us burst out with gospel life. I pray that for every church in this town and this nation. In Jesus' name. Let's worship Jesus. For more information, visit our website at godfirst.org.uk.